The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck. With an inefficient heating system, what if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website depetro.com this portion of the program is brought by henry oil you know this heating season and uh we've already had folks think of uh, at least all the snow has been melted now but uh we have a long way to go call henry oil today 401-521-0200 henry oil reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass it's henry oil 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred four zero one five two one zero two hundred for Henry Oil. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Call Henry Oil today. Make the switch. Have Henry Oil be your oil provider. Call them today. Four zero one five two one zero two hundred. Well, folks, I hope everyone had a uh, a very merry Christmas. I like everyone else, folks. I will admit it was just it's just been such an odd year, and uh, we're hearing more and more. Hopefully, the new year now, as the vaccine is getting out there, things will start to be uh, start to some some sense of normalcy. Things to return, but I did see vaccinations begin at Rhode Island nursing homes and the prison, and I think that is so interesting that you know it was over the weekend that uh, both Saturday and Sunday that suddenly inmates at the ACI all started getting the vaccine this weekend. Staff inmates deemed high-risk prioritized early doses received by the corrections department. Then you had um, someone that was another prisoner, an older prisoner, that did, in fact, uh, die over the course of the weekend. So two inmates. Now, one correctional officer, that's one thing, died to complications. But what do you make of the fact that once again, uh, the ACI inmates, they're getting the vaccine before the people in the nursing homes. I have a problem with that. I mean, you, you don't want to wish ill will on anyone. But I also didn't understand that they weren't releasing the name of the inmate 
who passed away from uh, who died from COVID. You know, and they said they want to protect the family, the, protect the family in the name. Now, the first person was someone who was involved with a, a brutal rape of a double amputee. And then the woman apparently had a heart attack and died. They people knew who, who her who she was and her family had to endure it. I don't understand the, this whole element of the media going along with uh, people, the ACI and, and their requests that, oh, well, you know, uh, one of the inmates died. The person that died at the ACI was was serving a life sentence, by the way, life without parole. But it's just something about it strikes me on. Now, I was the one I did ask at that uh, Governor Raimondo press briefing when they first announced the phases and who was going to be receiving the vaccine. I said, this seems odd to me that prisoners are getting it ahead of us. And on top of that, I, and they said, well, it's the morally, it's the right thing to do. But I didn't understand that at the time. And I felt so someone who's serving, you know, a life sentence in prison. So they're going to die in prison. Why are they receiving the vaccine? I didn't, I didn't get that. I did get some pushback. I got some hate mail from some of the progressives. But shouldn't we be giving it to people who, I don't know, law abiding citizens, people are going to live? Why are we giving the vaccine to inmates we don't have a death row but basically you know there are people who are serving a life sentence they're never going to be released and they were some of the first people in the state to start to receive the the covid vaccination i don't get that i understand that they're in close proximity a number of the inmates have already come down with it a number of the inmates um some of them keep in mind a big bulk of the inmates at the acr are younger it's a lot of young guys in there in their 20s, even teenagers and so forth. And so, you know, such has been the way with COVID and even guys in their 30s and women. in their It doesn't affect them as much as it affects some of the the older inmates. So um, I wrote a little bit about that. You can read it on the website, dipetro.com. Remember, folks, dipetro.com brought to you by Allstate Lock, experts in locking systems and building security, residential, commercial, car keys and security cameras. Call Allstate Lock today, 401-349-0042. The website is allstatelock.com. So Christmas is over. We are moving on to New Year's. A lot to bring you up to speed on. So um, as we have the final week now of what has been a very difficult year of 2020, and it's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 
336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident... First thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. It is time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor of OceansandCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off right before Christmas. There were a group of um, health professionals. We told doctors, we don't know, but a number of them had a protest right in front of the home of Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Six of them got arrested. And this was all over the treatment of the inmates at the ACI. And then over the course of the weekend, another inmate uh, passed away from COVID. They did the inmates got the vaccine on Saturday, but I, the reason I want to talk about it is um, something you and I had touched on. And that is basically that seemingly going forward now. Um, I think that becomes like the new norm that if you want to protest the governor, forget about the state house. The place to do is to take it right to her home front or home on Providence's east side. Oh yeah, well certainly there's a, there are a lot of advantages to that. Actually, yes. you know, the, you can a protest of say a couple dozen people will look pretty large outside of a, a suburban style house like that. True. Um, and, uh, and it's pretty easy to get arrested. You just, the police told them apparently um, it, don't block the street. Otherwise we'll have to arrest you. And so they blocked the street and they got arrested. So, uh, you know, it's a, a predictable spot. It's, it's, it's a safe spot. You're not going to run into any uh, troublemakers going to beat you up just for being out on the street at night. And uh, so I, I think we will see that more and more. Uh, and, it, it's a until obviously there's a new governor who has a new neighborhood that might change things a little bit, but that does seem to be the the way to go about getting your message out. It started with the uh, the kind of Black Lives Matter crowd, uh, then we saw the uh, supporters of a local gym that was shut down, yep. 
took it up, but they were bigger people and stayed on the sidewalk apparently. Uh, and now it's the prisons. Um, that's just going to be the way it goes. Um, and it's, it's an easy way to get your, you know, if you go to the state house, you need dozens of people to look like a crowd. Of course, the local news media, if you're on, the, if you're progressive, you only need two or three. Uh, but uh, in general, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see more of that. And it'll, it'll probably expand to include other, other um, Rhode Island officials, perhaps even, you know, not just elected officials, but it would, it's not difficult to imagine this spreading to the homes of, if they live in Rhode Island or nearby the homes of the director of the prisons and that kind of thing. You know, what's also interesting to me is the, um, they were, you know, which tends to be the case, but very organized. They even had a casket as a prop, which they left in front of the house. They had uh, like a slideshow. So on the governor's front lawn, which was covered in snow at the time, <clears throat> they had like a slide that was actually words you could read that they projected beamed onto the lawn. It was also, if you if you watch, they, they were told you can't block the street. They were purposely standing in the street and not just standing in the street, but standing like across the street. So no traffic could get could back and forth. So but the way that their supporters frame it online was they were arrested for protesting in front of the home of Governor Gina Raimondo. So they weren't arrested for protesting. They were arrested for blocking the street. <laughs> but. The way it's framed, and what do you think of that, is very carefully all of their supporters flock to social media and say, can you believe this is supposed to be a right? And I see these people, that's supposed to be a right. You should be allowed to protest. No, they were they were arrested for protesting in the street. Uh, they could have been on the sidewalk. Some were on the sidewalk. But it's then framed that that's the reason they were arrested for protesting in front of the governor's home. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all about the, the image and the framing. I mean, even as you... <laughs> insinuate the the idea that they're they're healthcare workers that's that's the phrase they're using uh, which indicates that i mean that could cover a wide variety of yes of people that i mean a clerk in a in a pharmacy could maybe yes. claim put put on a white smock and go out in the street and claim to be a, yep. a healthcare worker so they're trying to make it seem as if there are these hard-working frontline doctors uh being arrested for peacefully uh protesting outside the governor's house on i think it was christmas eve uh but that's not the case it's a it's a coordinated performance with people who may or may not be actual frontline workers who deliberately stood where the police told them in a, in a spot the police told them would get them arrested and that that's it they'll they'll go do that they'll take whatever fine they they get and then they'll go on their way but it's it's all about uh just manipulating the public what it was also not lost on me was um, the gym owners. That's one thing. They did stay on the sidewalk. The gym owners got some play, some press. But last Sunday, uh, there was some – see, organizing this stuff, as much as you and I follow it, it's not as easy as people. some people think. So there were some people who were kind of an offshoot of some of the Trump protests um, or whatever since Election Day. And they just announced we're going to have a dance party in front of the governor's house. And – you know, they got all of four people to show up and there was no coverage. There was nothing. You couldn't find anything on the Channel 10 website, the Channel 12 website. Um, they were just playing music and, and dancing in kind of a stupid way. Uh, very ineffective. They, to them, it was the biggest thing because the police were there and the television camera did show up. But there was no prop. There was no plan to get arrested. Uh, there was it was just to me. 
It was like rank amateur hour. Where this, you have people, they made it seem like somebody walked out of the operating room and immediately ended up on the street. It, you know, if you put a doctor's shirt on someone and give them a hat and a mask and say that's a frontline healthcare worker, who who's to say that it's not? It, it could be. That's like way back when they had um, some uh, protesters against the the lockdown back in May, they had some people show up and uh, it was some women that had on, you know, the whole garb that looked and then the media was reporting, oh, some nurses showed up. And you say, how do you know they're nurses? They just because they dressed that way. I think one of them was a nurse, but the other ones were just some union people or some activists that dressed up like nurses. And then no one's asking for diplomas or degrees or identification. So it's all in the way they frame it. And, and I think you're right in going forward. It's one thing at, at Smith street at the state house. And you're right. It's so huge. And it looks, you need a large crowd with this. If you have 15 people on a small, on just a regular residential street, it, it does look like a mob. And it, it now is guaranteeing that you are going to get coverage, which is the most important thing. Right. And you're, you're, to the extent you're affecting uh, the person you're, you're targeting, you're, they're, if their neighbors are being dis, being unsettled, that will affect them as well. And most neighbors yes. are, aren't used to having even small crowds show up in their neighborhood with signs and lights and coffins and so yeah. on. But I think you raised a, a very important point. The, the progressives on this stuff are very organized. They're they're oh, they're God. flush with cash. First of all, yes, that comes down from billionaire uh, progressives and labor unions. They they're just they're being paid to organize these things. It's their job, and so they have these props like uh, the one we talked about at a, rec- at a, a summer event with the the giant gavel. You know. Who has that lying around? I mean, right. you're not, it's not even a coffin could maybe be a Halloween decoration somebody has, but a giant yep. gavel. You know, they have, it's like there's a warehouse of protest props. They've got access to that. They've got the money. Whereas on the right, it's people who are really incensed. And you can see that in the so you get the, the Max Jim folks out there. Those are people whose livelihoods are at stake. So they have a motivation to go out in the middle of the day uh, and, and protest at the governor's house. Whereas here, I mean, even. They're, what they're calling for is decarceration. Letting, they're, they're calling on a halt to arrests. I mean, there, there are on a conservative side, uh, and I'm, I'm among them, people who think there are too many people in jail and people in jail for reasons they shouldn't be in jail. And so there's actually a coalition that could be formed here. But these protesters are just so radical. You have to be paid to take this attitude. I mean, the, the, two, people, the two prisoners who've died, one was in his 60s, one was almost 80. And the second one, the one who's almost 80, who just recently died, had a had a living will saying, don't take any extreme measures to keep me alive, had other complications. The other one had complications. And the first one to die, if I've got the right person, was was in jail for for raping a, some, a double amputee, an elderly double amputee who died. Yes. I mean, that's yes. that's the person they're defending and radicalizing right. on the lawn of the governor's house. So it's it's just totally ludicrous. They're not out there talking about people who are incarcerated for because they had a, a half ounce of pot in their pocket or something like that. They're they're actually protesting the deaths of old people with um, with other conditions who die from a disease. And actually, if, if you believe the numbers, I'm, I'm not entirely confident in all the numbers we're getting on COVID, but if you believe the numbers, the death rate in the prison system in Rhode Island right now is less than half the rate 
in a population at large. So they're safer in jail than they are in the public by that measure. So That's it's, true. it's kind of a ludicrous point they're making, but it's political and it's very organized for some other reason to apply pressure uh, and they're all paid to do it. That's so it, that's how it works. And the, the news media is kind of complicit in that. As you, you mentioned, the nurses earlier in the year who are out there, and there was the one who I think was a nursing student still. Yes, guy. that's right. And, uh, so the, the media just comes along with the idea that these are all nurses without digging yeah. them. Who are you? Who's paying you to be here? I mean, the kind of right. questions I've gotten in the past as a, as a conservative who's gone to some protests, who are you? Why? What's your backing? Where's your money? Is this a Republican thing? Is this a, uh, is this a Koch brothers thing? That's what we get on the right, which is why, and I, I think as we see more and more protests at the, at the governor's house, I think we ought to, you ought to take the ones from the conservatives more seriously, even if they're lesser in number or or especially if they're just people protesting a particular business closure, those are people who are actually angry. It's not a performance. It's a, it's a sign of, um, of actual fomenting um, anger in the public. And I think so that, that I, I kind of hope we'll see more of that because then maybe we'll start to see a response. You know, and also in, um, in going forward, and again, folks, um, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. As someone that has covered so many of these, and, and, and maybe part of it falls to me that I don't do a good enough job in really breaking it down for the public sometimes. But they, when you attend some of these, they have a list of demands. Now, I don't follow the demands. Some members of the media do, obviously. But they have demands such as you, you can't show the faces of the protesters. Now, it helps because they all wear masks now. But if you show... Uh, the face of a protester, they say, oh, you're doxing them. And um, to me, if you take part in something right on a public street, you contact the media, you want attention, you forfeit any right to privacy when you're marching like that in the street. But they'll say you can't show the face. And then if you do, then they say, oh, you you just showed a minor. And and how are you supposed to know who's a minor, who's who's not a minor? They also they're very aggressive. They send usually one or two people max over. These are the people. You want to interview someone, this is who you interview. Now, I interview whoever I want, but I, I sometimes will see the person they were pushing, and I'll see that person on Channel 10, 12, and 6. The other part of this, Justin Katz, is that I think – so the media goes along with all these like made-up rules is what they are that the protesters make up. I've seen weeks back in the summertime <clears throat> where they had a protest – on Monday night, and they say that it was organized by uh, Provex. And then on Wednesday night, there's a, a, another protest, and they say that was organized by Deer. And then they have another protest on Friday night, and then they say that was organized by Direct Action. Now, I would attend all three. It was a lot of the same people each night, but the media just reports it as, oh, this was organized by this group, and that was organized by that group. And if you don't know any better, you think, wow, they have three different very active, you know, groups and everything. When it's it's basically, I'm not saying everyone, but most of the standard bearers, it's the same people at every one. And I saw the same people at some of these ACI protests they were doing. And then in front of the, the governor's house, don't you think the local media has an obligation to report more on as exactly who is behind the organizing of many of these you know, so-called protests. Oh, absolutely. Especially, especially to the degree that it's, it's so obviously a professional production. I mean, the, yes. the, the, at that point, the news media should shift gears and, and behave as if they're interviewing, not just average citizens, but, but, 
professionals whose job is to affect public opinion. I mean, that ought to be the spirit in which the news media interviews them. And so when they say you can't film anybody or talk to anybody about these handful of people, well, why is that? Well, I think a large part of the reason is because if if you interview somebody and then they're again and you film them and then the pictures of the next rally, you see the same people uh, and pictures of the decarcerate rally are also at the, I don't know, pro-abortion rally. And they're also at the well, you know climate change rally and all of those. You start to get a very different sense in the public eye. And I think that's that's what the protesters are are trying to prevent. And that's exactly what the news media ought to be uh, getting out there so people have a real sense of of what's going on and and who's involved in these things because it is professional activity it is and it's not the way and 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 they actually buy into this whole thing of like hey it's my constitutional right to protest you have no right to expose my identity and it's this is not someone quietly you know walking the picket line or walking out in front like a traditional protest these are activists these are activists they're paid activists I think that should be highlighted more. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. It's our year-end segment, Politics This Week. Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing, call them today, 401 725 8500. 401 
725-8500 or online at preferredrecovery.com as well as Facebook. Preferred Towing. They can also, you know, they buy older vintage cars. Maybe it's from the 60s, 70s. Maybe you have one. It's been sitting in your garage for who knows how long, the last 15 years. And you keep saying, you know, someday I'm going to restore that. But how about instead call today, 401-725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's preferred towing in recovery located in Lincoln, 401-725-8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing at our OceanStateCard.com. Justin, I did want to mention that, um, uh, you know, we're going to use this segment as kind of a look back and also predictions and just general thoughts. But I did notice that there is a, a mention in uh, the Providence Journal that, boy, see, things certainly seem to be lining up that Rhode Island is going to lose a congressional seat. Now, in other states, this does go on. And it's it's I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but it's just not as a big deal. New York's about to lose a congressional seat, some other states. But Rhode Island, obviously, it becomes a bigger deal because we only have two in Congress. So this may be the last one, or I, I don't even know what happens for 2022. But just your thought on uh, the dynamic that then could start to take shape if, in fact, we go down to uh, just one congressional seat because, I mean, I'll go first. I To me, Cicilline is the one that would remain. I don't see Jim Langevin running against him. Langevin's been 20 years in Congress. I've even heard he may try to get a job at the Biden administration. But um, but I think it becomes a, a different dynamic because Congressman Cicilline, he is just so partisan and so far to the left that I, I would say, you know, you take out the inner city and his values do not translate uh, at all to a good majority of the people of Rhode Island. Well, that, yeah, that's that's undeniable, I think, although I at this point, especially with mail ballots and, and so on, I, I don't think there's much chance of of uh, him losing the seat if, if it does go down to the one. But it does start to really I, that could exacerbate the, the kind of the identity uh, the sense of identity of people in the state. I mean, at, at this point, if, if you're represented by Langevin, you may not be particularly happy, but he's, he's at least not one of the radicals in Congress. Um, and you also lose that kind of balance. I, I don't know how accurate it is to, to see it this way, but with our senators, Reed seems a little bit more moderate. White House sometimes, it, well, not sometimes, but often seems like the radical attack dog uh, for the left. So there's at least that sense of, well, we've got somebody who's kind of moderate and somebody who's radical. You lose that if you lose Langevin. Um, generally, on the on the idea of losing a congressional seat, I, th I think you're right that, I mean, it is a big deal in Rhode Island. Losing one of two is different than losing one of however many New York or California has. That's that's a percentage. This is half. Uh, and I, I the disappointing thing about the debate is I know the, what we hear about it is we need everybody to fill out the census so we can just barely scrape over the finish line and keep our second congressional seat. What we ought to be hearing throughout from politicians, from activists, from news media is this is an indication we're not growing. We're not a healthy state. He, this is not something that happens to a, a burgeoning uh, 
prosperous state that people want to live in. This is something that happens to a state that's kind of falling away. And that's a, a very a very important consideration nobody's really talking about. But I think generally for the for the good of the nation, if Rhode Island loses one of its two seats, that's that's to the benefit of, of the United States of America. You know, that that's interesting. And what do you think the reaction will be from the Republican Party? Because as you and I have discussed at nauseum and at this point, again, I'm not trying to attack the Republican Party, but <clears throat> I mean, for them, what are they going to say? Who's going to step up to run against him? As I've said in the past, I would liken that at this point to almost being like the Washington Generals against the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> if there's anyone that has it down with the mail ballots and with however you want to frame it, it's it's Congressman David Cicilline. He started perfecting it when he became the mayor, and then it's gotten even more strong since he's uh, been in Congress. And as I have broken down the numbers, when he was first elected in 2010, he beat John Laughlin, who was elected to Congress in 2010. He received 81,000 votes. If we're to believe that this was an accurate vote, just the one that just took place in November, he basically has doubled his vote total, close to 160,000 votes. At a time that the state is losing population, we're going to lose a seat losing population. We're somehow to believe that Congressman David Cicely picked up 80,000 new voters in a span of 10 years. I don't believe that. But I don't see a Republican Party challenging that. Um, I think he certainly feels very good about his voting list. And as you, you and I talked about, he can go out and get his campaign staff to ballot harvest and collect all the ballots. So I, I, I think Cicilline is one that they have just completely given up on in trying to defeat to the point that Let's face it, just this past November, he did not even have a Republican challenge. Right. Well, I, I think, um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily, as we've discussed before, I don't necessarily blame the people who are, who are actually involved in Republican politics at this point. It's just, it's almost like trying to run a marathon in mud uh, for, on, on a race right. in Rhode Island. But this, that it, it, this race, if we do lose a congressional seat and it comes down to, to one, that will be a great example of the problem we have in Rhode Island is that, you know, that ought to create opportunity, uh, but it probably yes. won't <laughs> because the, the, uh, whether it's, whether it's ideological battle or raw electoral corruption, the left has it locked up. That's, I mean, it's just that simple. And I think that Cicilline becoming the sole congressman from the state of Rhode Island will, will really put an exclamation point on that. Yeah. What about, um, I want to jump around a little bit. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor of statecurrent.com. What about, um, who would you consider to be some winners from uh, this past year of 2020, politically now, locally and politically? Well, I think in a general way, you've got to, you've got to put the just progressives as the, the winners. I mean, everything is lining up and heading in their way in Rhode Island. The uh, Matt Brown's little troop of co-op progressives did did well. Uh, Republicans, conservatives got pretty soundly beaten. Uh, they got rid of Nick Mattiello. Uh, they replaced him with Joe Shikarchi, who's who's one of the winners as well, but who will be much friendlier, I think, uh, in the long run to progressives. Um, yeah. Their their identity politics push is really paying off where you, you've got now a Supreme Court justice, almost the, I mean, the only 
the overriding qualification was that she's black. Uh, so it's, you know, they're really resurgent. Uh, the news media has completely given in to them, in my view. Uh, whereas before there was bias, that's not even, that's not even a question. It's outright activism where we see, where we, as we've discussed, you see, uh, especially young reporters out there, it's such a privilege to be covering this progressive rally, essentially is what they're saying. So I, I think they've got to be the winners of 2020 in Rhode Island. And that's, that's discouraging, but I, th I think that's the reality. You know, it's interesting. Um, someone who I, I admittedly don't know a lot about, but Shikachi's new number two, who is uh, the majority leader, this uh, Chris Plajowski, and he's a progressive from Providence. I caught just part of an interview with the two of them over the weekend on Newsmakers. Tim White and Nisi had them on. I think they'd been on before, but they were replaying it. And um, one of the things they asked him about, this number two, Chris Blajowski, who, again, folks, he's going to be very powerful at the Rhode Island State House, the number two to the speaker. They were asking him about, within the Democrat Party, how <clears throat> basically – it's, it's kind of become accepted fact that because of some of the progressive slogans like defund the police, you have people like Barack Obama, Congressman Jim Claiborne from South Carolina, um, and then even Biden to some extent, even saying, you know, those slogans defund the police that kind of, you know, it hurt. Uh, the Democrats did not have that blue wave in Congress that they were initially thinking they were going to. And they they were saying, you know, you have to be cautious with some of these uh, the Green New Deal and defund the police and some of these progressive type slogans. So you have, you know, Biden, Obama, um, you know, Pelosi, certain members of the Democrat Party that I would argue, you know, they're the real power saying this is a fact. This is why we did. We, the Republicans actually picked up seats in the House. And here you have Chris Blajowski saying, well, I don't agree with that. I don't think that happened. It, it, it happened. It's not even like an opinion. It happened that they did get hurt in the uh, in in the in Congress and in in the party. I think for someone to still dig their heels in gives you insight to you know he he's like along the lines of like an AOC that feel like we're progressives. We don't apologize. This is our platform, Justin Katz. Well, certainly, and I but I, I think I would read part of his reaction as a as just the different circumstances in Rhode Island. I mean, when, if you look at Barack Obama saying, hey, don't use those scary terms for the rubes, he's talking about people across the country because there are still sure. red states. There's still, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the map and if you look at state legislators and governors, you're, you're still talking about a very Republican country. So he, he's warning the coastal folks, you know, don't rally them too much. <laughs> we're, we're getting this locked up. Uh, with our major, with our few major cities where we can cheat real well. Uh, so in Rhode Island, yeah, he, he's free to let his freak flag fly. You know, just oh yeah, whatever. Defund the police, go for it. Decarcerate. We're just we're just well-meaning progressives in Rhode Island, and so that's what it is. And part of it is, I think the just the the ideological bent of the state. I think a lot of people who would have fought back have left uh, out of disgust. Uh, I, I think you've got the strong. You know the the colleges and the student movement uh, is relatively strong here because it's a relatively small state, uh, and I and a lot of it's just this, a lot of people bought off by unions or or what have you, and then there's the the possibility of of electoral fraud. So I, I think they just know they don't have to they don't have to be quiet because the media is not going to treat them as radical. There's not an opposition that can build up <laughs> build up you can 
take advantage of their extremity. Uh, and so there they go. That's, that's just what it is. And it's, it is, it is an indication of where the state's going that he's number two at this point, I think. Good point. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCard.com. A segment is politics this week right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. We understand quality, integrity. Local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, in the governor's uh, final COVID briefing of the year, there's still reports her name being floated around, being considered for some position within the Biden administration, although the, the, the list is certainly dwindling. But again, it was leaked out that it was some union leaders that either A, sabotaged her efforts to get another position or B, one to take credit for it. But the governor went out of her way, uh, the, the final briefing of the year for COVID to say, I want to thank state workers. And then went on and said, a lot of times you don't know their name, but I want to thank the state workers. And it's not easy what they've done. And they've stepped up. Now, as you and I both know, uh, there were no layoffs if you're a state worker, you you were not asked to take a pay cut. Uh, you you didn't see your benefits shrinking in any way. In many ways, you, you didn't skip a beat. When you compare that to the private sector, where people cross the board, 10% pay cuts, furlough, some people, media, furlough days, um, people losing their businesses, <clears throat> the CARES Act money that was supposed to go to small businesses was kept into the state budget at the very least to ensure they've got through the year, 
no state layoffs. No, they could have announced a 10% state worker pay cut across the board and no one would have left. Um, what is your reaction to Governor Mundo in that moment? The workers that she thanked were the state who, let's face it, they're usually they're politically connected individuals. That's who she thanked were the state workers, not the regular Rhode Island private sector worker. Well, I, I see. Uh, I mean, I two, two things come to mind with, with that kind of a, a comment. The first, uh, Mike Stenhouse on his In the Dugout show from the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity had Paul Dion, who's a revenue an, an analyst for the state on, and then just to talk you know, yep. nuts and bolts about the budget. And what's striking is the the lack of, I mean, the, the budget grew, as we've discussed before, by a lot. Most of that was passed through from the federal government um, for COVID relief and that sort of thing. Uh, but there, there's very little talk of what to do about um, about revenue. One of the things, for example, and this is on OceanStateCurrent.com, so I won't go too much into the weeds, but one of the things that's notable is the sales tax didn't go down all that much, which is kind of shocking since we were locked in our houses for part, a big part of the year. And part of the reason is because the state now taxes internet sales. And so because they do that, they're getting money from Amazon. So they don't have to care so much about the small businesses in the state anymore that are going under that can't keep up and can't pay their bills. So the, there's no change or preparation. And this is kind of par for the course for the state budget. They're just going to try to backfill whatever they can. I mean, you had Karcheri, Governor Karcheri, the Republican, reducing the state workforce. They're now back beyond that point. They, it took them a while, but they've recovered fully from that. It's all about the state budget to them. The other thing that comes to mind is uh, a, a video from out of California. You might have seen this online. It's, it's going viral. Uh, a guy owns a restaurant. A health worker came and shut down his outdoor patio because somebody was sitting on a park bench, it sounds like. And he, the restaurant owner parked his vehicle behind the health, work, health uh, inspector's car so he couldn't leave. And the police came and on videos him arguing with the police. And the guy kept pointing out, my people can't work. You got a paycheck. You know, he's just doing his job. Sure. But we don't have a job. I think that's, that's bubbling up. And I think, you know, you've got to credit the, it's almost a, a, a source of awe and wonder, the tone deafness of our governor, the, the idea that she's going to go out there and, and single out state workers when people are losing oh. their jobs. I mean, that's, it's just a, it's almost like a big thumbed nose at, at the rest of the public. There are people going about their everyday lives. Uh, but from, I mean, you, you framed it in context of the unions. And I think that's, that's a smart thing for her to do is not only, I mean, does she, to do that, she starts to undermine, you know, any union aggression against her to the extent she can get the workers feeling, okay, she's got our back. So in that regard, it might've had some political sense, but it is, it is an insulting thing, especially when the, the state's focus is never, ever let anything decrease. I mean, one of the things I know the, the center is working on now and keeping an eye on has been is the transportation climate initiative, which again, it's on oceanstatecurrent.com and rifreedom.org, uh, including a petition. But the, the basic idea is there, uh, the governor now, without the General Assembly, has joined a, a, a regional compact to increase our gas prices explicitly to reduce the amount that you can drive because it's more expensive. This this sort of thing is devastating to people, but they're they're not even pausing in the middle of of a giant recession driven by a pandemic. They're not pausing. They're going forward with their agenda because it serves them, it serves the progressives, it serves the unions, and it really there really ought to have many more than a, a few dancing people outside the governor's house angry about it. 
You know, that's a good point. And also, just so people understand, I mean, there are people who, let's just say, you know, somewhere work for a restaurant. The restaurant's been severely hurt hard. I think the restaurant should have been more and more should have been done to try to help them and bail them out in some way. Uh, but if you work for a restaurant because of the pandemic, you saw your pay go down, maybe if not even close. If the governor early on had said, listen, those of you that work for the state, the good news is you're going to hold on to your job for the state, but there, there's less money coming into the state. So in good times, you continue to get your your pay and your benefits, but we've hit a real rough patch. If she had announced across the board, every state worker is going to take a 10% pay cut, no one would have left. What are they going to say? That's it. I've had it and go, you know, cruising out of the office and say, I'm going to go find a job in the private sector. They may not have liked it, but it would have been shared sacrifice. But early on, that was not the goal. And I know the governor said, well, the last thing I want to do is put more people out of work. It doesn't have to be, in, to me, an either or. It could have been, we are going to say, and they, by the way, Justin, you know, they would have saved millions across the board if the entire state workforce, you're, you want to be a state worker, state's having a tough time, you're going to have to take a mandatory 10%, 8% pay cut, whatever it is, and then that CARES money could have gone to the um, to the private sector. Would you say, as far as big winners this year, um, I, I mean, I think you have to look at, in my opinion now, but Governor Amundo certainly raised her profile. She has had a rear opportunity to use all of her talents um, during the course of the pandemic, although there's plenty that disagree with some of her tactics. At one point, she saw her approval rating over 80%. I think the last one we saw was over 60%. Granted, it's taken a hit at different times. But I think some of the big winners would be her and then also um, – Barbara Ann Fenton Fung for beating Mattiello. I think Sakachi is a big, a big winner. And I think I might even put Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, who fended off some progressive challenges, including a primary. But at the end of the day, he's going to be uh, holding on to power up on Switzerland. You know, I, that, that's interesting. I, I think I would add Dominic Ruggiero in there for sure. The, the governor, I'm not, I'm not so confident. I, I don't know. I mean, she's, she was getting a lot of, <laughs> we often complained about the national attention she was getting. She was, she was on yes. her way. Uh, and this COVID kind of forced her to do, to grapple with a real issue. And I'm not sure she came off looking very well. A lot of people were irritated by her personality. Um, she, she failed to launch into the Biden administration, at least so far. And part of the reason maybe That's just, true. you know, just as she's, she's about to suddenly our numbers go up and, and then there's pictures of her out there with no mask on. So she joins that club of people, whether, whether fair or not. I mean, so I'm not sure we'll, we'll know in the long run whether she had a good year, but this could have been a year. I mean, there, there were two ways she could have addressed this. One would have been to really grapple it as a competent professional. Uh, and that would have included, I think, as you say, going to the state workers and saying, you know what, government is, it doesn't come last. I mean, it doesn't come first. Government is what we, we the shared sacrifice of the public, we have to sh sacrifice first. We call this public service for a reason. Um, so we're going to, the state government is going to lead the way in, in making sure that we're, we're, living within our means. She didn't do that. She, she backfilled with CARES money. She, she did everything she could to belittle the public and make everything our fault. Uh, it's your fault. You're killing grandma by, by, by seeing your friends, that kind of attitude. Uh, and so I think that that may have hurt her. And I, cause she's been, I mean, her, her she started with 
as, as you, you and I both know, she started with the, the pension thing. I came in, I saw a problem and I fixed it by golly. And that, I wonder if, I wonder if we're really going to end the whole COVID mess with that same sentence. So I, I do, I do, I'm a little bit ambivalent about whether this, she's a winner for the year. I think it's kind of hard to say at this point. And then uh, just finally, I think two stories to watch uh, in the new year. One is going to be this Providence school teachers contract. Uh, it's going to seemingly come to a head. Boy, the education commissioner is really talking a tough game. Um, we'll see how that goes. She is not afraid to point blame and say, you people have been in charge for 30 years. You haven't done anything. And the other thing to watch is how this whole marijuana thing is going to uh, unfurl, because I think there's certainly potential for corruption and uh, fraud. And that's something the state actually has thrived on in the past. So I think um, those are uh, two stories just to watch that could get our attention in the first few months of, of 2020. I, I, I agree. And I, I think especially because I, I would put on my losers of 2020 list, the, the students of Rhode Island um, and the young adults, yeah. not, not only because of the immediate causes of COVID and they lost so much graduations and proms and all that, but also just the, the degree to which it, it really emphasized how much we're failing our students and how much the focus of the state is not on the students. It's on the, the insiders and the people who, who make money off the system. And I, so I think that's how that how Rhode Island grapples with that is definitely going to be one of the major stories. And I, I think also I, I, I'd watch for the, just any, any indication of, of the progressives movement forward. The, the state at this point in my view is, is entirely corrupt. One thing we, one of the biggest losers in 2020 was the, the rule of law in a state. So now we've got the governor, the general assembly, the judiciary, and all those supposedly independent boards like the ethics commission and the board of ele elections. All of them are just that you, we've lost our, our rates basically uh, when it comes down to it, I think. And one of the reasons for that is another big loser. Uh, other big losers were the, the, like the chambers of commerce and the hospitality associations who, who ended the COVID, came out of the COVID thing with nothing to show for any efforts advocating for their constituents at all. So I think that the, what we really need to watch for in 2021 is how that plays out. You've got a defeated, uh, abused public and a, a flush insider system with, with surgent progressives. Uh, and I think that there may be no battle. It may be people just leave, fleeing the state, but there, there may be a big, big story coming out of some kind of a fight there. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you in the New Year Merry 2021. Christmas and 